Soma is currently happening in your in your house. I know. What the? I... <laughs> Sorry. Journal Updated, a game club podcast focused on narrative agency and choice design. I think that's the tagline. Uh, Probably. I'm Nora Blake and Zoe Ash Mars. I'm Molly. This is the pod. This is the pod. We played Mass Effect. We played Mass Effect, but before we did that, did we play any other video games? Oh, boy. What did I... God, <laughs> what games did I talk about last time? Uh, I have you been playing... GTA. Yeah, I mentioned GTA 4. I'm playing some GTA 5 now because it was free on the Epic Store, and that's how they get you. Um, so Here's been, a GTA 5, because you are epic. Because you are epic, yes, absolutely. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> the game's, game's fine. Uh, no, it's uh, not fine. It's fucking awful, but it's also fine. Um, and it was also like the most like iconic example of basically everything wrong labor wise in video games. Yes. One hundred percent. Rockstar is like the dog shit worst. Just fucking and awful. The only reason that they don't like more shit doesn't come out of there like like it does from Naughty Dog is because they're so fucking tight lipped about everything that goes on in there. Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot. Um, and truly never has been worth it. Those games are not good enough to be destroying people's lives. No game is really, mm-hmm. but especially those ones. Yeah. Um, sucks, uh, but I'm going to keep playing I think it probably. A generally safe blanket statement is probably to say that no art is worth human suffering. You know what? You're right. That's true. Uh, unfortunately we live in a world that does require human suffering to create art in many cases. Uh, yeah. And um, basically all cases. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's bad. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, it's bad. Hell world sucks. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Games. <laughs> been playing. Been playing Minecraft. Otherwise, I, I um, booted up a little server for some friends of mine, um, and that's been a good time. Just goofing around on there. Um, that game. I haven't played it since like God, like 2013, 2014 or something. That game got really 20... big. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say twenty years ago. No, I mean almost. <laughs> <laughs> halfway halfway there yeah Half um, isn't almost sometimes it is i guess you round up from five so look it's fine anyway um game's fun it's it's a good game turns out the one of the most popular games on the planet is still pretty good um it turns out that sometimes a thing is popular because it's kind of good yeah it's kind of good and also i don't have to like think about notch ever again so that's also really sure. good um, and then, what else have I played? It's like, I said in most cases, because, like, Harry Potter, not very good. No, it's not. Cre- it, creator aside, not that good. Yeah, did, really just everything about good. that is bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft is a pretty good game. 
an excellent game, really, made by an awful person. Mm-hmm. So, at first. You know, at not first. alone. Yeah. Yes. Um, things, as we mentioned, like, just to carry on from what we were saying, t- like, two seconds ago, uh, not made by one person. No. So No, video games are not made by one person. Yeah, very much so. Uh, also been playing Animal Crossing in my spare time. Um, just, you know, checking in on my town. Talking to my talking to my villagers, just checking out the store every day. Um, what's the goss? What's town? the what's the goss? Yeah. Um. There's a very cute bear girl at the campsite today named June, and I desperately wish I could kick somebody out of my town to get her, <laughs> but you cannot just do that. So, well, well, you you have an axe, right? You can make it work. <laughs> not like that, unfortunately. <laughs> I do not. They don't let you do violence that it, unless it's to nature. You can do violence to nature all you want, but violence to people is not uh not okay. It seems like a simple question to ask, but I'm sure there are scores of books written about this, but is is violence to against a non-person violence or just destruction? Oh, I this is not a conversation <laughs> I could possibly have. I don't know. It just struck me. Yeah, no, um, for sure. It's it's interesting, but I don't feel like I'm qualified. Words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to do this. Are you qualified to talk about Mass Effect? I'm very qualified to talk about Mass Effect. I've only played it four or five times. Good, because the only video games that I played this month uh was mostly just Mass Effect, um what was that other one? Oh yeah, I've put dozens of hours into Legends of Runeterra. <laughs> right. Yes, you are living in uh, card game hell. It feels pretty good. I don't know if it's a hell. Um, but I didn't understand it at all. Uh huh. I was completely lost. And I just there was a particular like two hour session of play, which would have been like three or four hours in. Um, where at the end of it, when I, when I closed the game, I actually like got it and I didn't yeah. have a moment where it clicked. It was just like a slow crystallization of, okay, I understand the structure of the game, which I say that tutorial, not great. Probably um, not. No. Uh, I have written rule sets before uh-huh. and I've written like, I have written text to teach people how to play a game before, and I feel like they could have done a lot better at telling you how the game is played than they did. But I did eventually get a hold of it. Well, I'm glad for that. Uh, I have seen all of my friends start playing Legend of Runeterra. Well, I mean, by all of my friends, I mean like four people. Um, But people I talked to... Only four friends confirmed. Yeah, total. That's it. (laughs) Um... But I have not looked into it yet. Uh, I I don't know if I will. It's I'm having a lot of sure. fun. Uh, I'm told that it is in the same vein as things like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering, both of which I don't understand. I think I wouldn't care about any of those because uh, they don't have the characters that I know in them. Right. Sure. That makes sense. Um, I am a long time magic the gathering player like probably 10 years at this point um and i get mad when i play a card game that's not magic the gathering because they don't work the same and then i get grumpy so i probably won't play Mm -hmm. i play every time i play hearthstone i'm like this fuck i would rather just go play magic thank you yeah that's fair 
Um, what this has been uh, doing to my brain is making me think about designing a card game. Oh, yeah? Because I was thinking about Mass Effect, and I could probably... I have some ideas of how you could do like a cool Mass Effect card game like this. Um, oh, hell yeah. Where you could have characters that have shields... Uh, you could have, like, a Reaper deck that is, like, on round 13, I win the game. Good luck. Good luck, <laughs> like, stupid. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, just I've just been thinking a lot about that and about, like, manipulating things like... Like, in Runeterra, you can have up cards from up to two regions in your deck. Mm-hmm. Um... And I would imagine that you could do something similar with the different factions in Mass Effect. And, like, I was thinking about a certain boon drawback to each one, where it's like, if you put Krogan cards in your deck, now you draw fewer cards in the game. Yeah. Because of the Genophage, for an, as an example. Uh-huh. But your cards are stronger or something. Sure. This is just off the dome. I've never done a card game before. I've done tabletop, but I haven't done card game. Yeah. It's just, it's not leaving my brain. I am thinking about, like, an Asari uh, something or other. I don't know what kind of character it would be, but it would, like, have one health and, like, a bunch of shields, and the shields regen every turn. So if you don't make it through the shields, you don't get to, like, discard the card. You would be forced to name your Asari. There has to be at least one card named uh, Commando Unit, obviously. Obviously, but like you could, you could cast Cover as a spell card. Mm-hmm. Basically, you could play Cover, and then like, oh, your cards are harder to hit this round. Yeah, or whatever. Um, heat sinks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the the Mako could be a card. The Mako could be a card. Love to the Mako. Uh, but yeah, that's just been uh, something I've been thinking about uh, because I do kind of like the world of Mass Effect, even though it's, we'll get into it, but it's got some problems. It's got some rather glaring problems. Um, but that's all what I have to talk about right now. Let's yeah. talk about Mass Effect. Let's talk about Mass Effect. I also played Mass Effect, for the record. Let the record show I did play this game. Did uh did you Paragon Renegade? What's the situation here? Uh, I usually play Paragon. Um, but there were some. Usually, uh, well, when I was younger, when I first played these games, when they came out, I usually stuck to Paragon only because I wanted to be the cool good guy. Uh, playing mm-hmm. it, and also because I didn't have any concept of good politics at all. Um, so I just did all the good options because they were the good options, and that that means they're good. Um, this time I kind of just, there's some parts where you can't click the good option and, uh, sleep at night. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you kind of just got to mix it up. I was doing mostly Renegade. Um, Mm -hmm. and then one particular mission, uh, I happened to do some side quests, um, and turning in those side quests got me, uh like 50 paragon points or something Jeez. or or more it was on fair no novaria it was helping the colony on novaria with like getting meat from the 
wild animals and turning the water back on. Right. And, I specifically also remember you like spending a lot of time making sure you didn't kill anybody with the with the um the mind controlled people. Yeah, I just wanted to use the grenade right, and it took four retries because I kept running out of grenades. Yeah, it's uh, specifically it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Um, and so at the end, I did have more renegade points than anything else, but like then I had to save the council at the end, and then that took me over. That pushed you over. Paragon ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do we want to do any kind of summary of Mass Effect 1 before we really start digging in here? Um, sure. I would venture to guess that most people have either played or seen this game uh, or know about it for the most part um, just because it is it is uh, one of the most popular series. I was going to say in the world, that's probably like in in America, probably that's true. People, people like them some Mass Effect among nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write a summary like a fool. No, it's fine. So, uh, it starts off pretty similar, actually, to Destiny, in that in the near future, humanity discovers alien shit on Mars, and this catapults them into a new age, and they quickly join the galactic stage as the newest species to uh, attain uh, interstellar travel using mass relays, which are old technology left behind by the Protheans, put an asterisk on that. Uh, and so humanity wants a seat on the council, which is the like ruling body of most of the galaxy. Uh, not all of it. There seems to be another, some kind of other faction and called the Terminus Systems. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want to go to there uh, chasing the villain in this game because they don't want to provoke a war, but they don't really talk about with who. Um, that might be fleshed out in other games or other multimedia uh, additions to the lore because this started planned from the start. This was a dead space. It was planned from the start to be a big franchise. Yeah. Um, you play Commander Shepard, who is... Uh, a person, maybe from Earth, maybe from space, um, but you are—you have a reputation, and you are being scouted to join the Spectres, which is the Mega Cops. The you Mega are... Cops, the secret police. They're not very secret, though. No, they're very loud police. Their whole deal is, we do whatever the fuck we want, and when we get put on a mission, we just do the mission no matter what. And that can, and sometimes does include, just killing anyone who gets in our way. Yes. Um, you're being scouted to join the Spectres as the first human. And so you are given the task of getting this piece of Prothean technology from, from a planet called Eden Prime. That mission goes to shit because a another Spectre named Saren interferes and takes the beacon... No. Well, he uses uh, the beacon. He uses and the beacon. It, and then it's broken, and then you also use the beacon, and you get visions in your head, and then it explodes. Point being that the colony on Eden Prime is destroyed, and Saren is on the run. And no one believes you at first that Saren is a bad guy. Um, and so the first part of the game is 
bringing evidence of that to the council. And then from then on, your goal is to track down where Saren is going and what he's doing, which is finding the conduit, which is another piece of Prothean technology. Eventually, you catch up with him. The conduit is a tiny mass relay that lets you pop back to the Citadel stealthily. Um, and in maybe the coolest part of this game, it is revealed that that pathway le- comes out at the big plaza fountain that has a big statue of the yeah. mass relays. And it turns out that that was a real one, actually. <laughs> actually, it's a real mass relay and you teleport to it. It's fucking, it whips. You teleport in your car. <laughs> yes, you take your car through space uh, and then you land back on the Citadel. And then you confront Saren finally uh, because Saren is trying to turn on the secret other mass relay in the Citadel. Which is to say the entire Citadel. Yes, the entire Citadel is also a mass relay and it will link to a location in dark space beyond the horizon of the galaxy where a swarm of synthetic life forms called the Reapers are waiting to swarm in and uh, decimate all organic life in the galaxy they do this every what is it fifty thousand years yes um which seems like a pretty tight window actually it's it's approximately (laughs) you know they they say that they wait long enough for um intelligent life to take back over and start using the um the mass relays and such yeah um you stop him uh yeah maybe by doing a boss fight, and maybe by convincing him to stop himself. And then after that, you decide uh, whether you want to save the council or let them die and install your own human council to rule over this, like... uh, Over the galaxy, basically? The the political body containing, like, seven different species, uh, which are all monocultures, by the way. Um... And after that, you have to fight Saren again, because now he's a zombie controlled by the Reaper Sovereign, who has been uh, Saren's ship this whole time. And so even if you didn't want to do the boss fight, you had to do the boss fight anyway. And if you did do the boss fight, you get to do it again. But it's Again! Um, that boss fight sucks, by the way. It's fucking horseshit. I actually it just takes have. Forever. Yeah, it does take forever. I actually have never seen the first boss fight. I have never had to fight <laughs> Saren. I assume it's the same as when you fight him briefly on Vermeer. Probably. Yeah, it's not that interesting. He flo- he floats around like a douchebag and shoots at you. You shoot at him. Um, the thing about this game is that the fucking combat blows. By the end of the game, it was kind of working for me, but also I was like. I'm going to put the anti-Geth bullets in because I'm fighting the <laughs> Geth. And then everything that was Geth went down in like two hits. I So the thing about this game is that it has, um, each each weapon has like mod slots and there's no ammo in this game. Your guns just overheat if you shoot them too much. It's kind of, it's actually kind of like Control. Uh, if you've played yeah. Control, it's kind of similar to that. Um, but uh, your guns... Um, you have the mod slots and what you can do, uh, which was, is what I always do is you put some things that increase your damage by like 20%, but increase the heat generation by like 500%. Um, hmm. so you get one shot before it overheats, but boy, that shot could kill God. 
That's for a shotgun. I do it in the snipers too. It's amazing. Oh, the sniper version is good too. You could do that. Yes. You shoot once and then you get the warning siren (laughs) from your gun. Which is awful. Bad sound effects in this game. But anyway, after defeating Saren, uh, the Alliance fleet, which is the human fleet, and the Citadel fleet combine to destroy uh, Sovereign, and uh, you win. You save the universe, but the Reapers are still out there, and now they're going to come just, like, at normal speed. They're coming for you. They're coming in from dark space. We're gonna get you. So we gotta prepare. Um, That's the big broad strokes. I skipped over Vermeer, which is like the... I guess... It could be the midpoint of the game, but for me it was just the beginning of the end game. Um, Yeah, Vermeer is the... Vermeer is the... This is probably where you... This is the beginning of your last session of this game, probably. Oh, no, no. Really? Yeah, it took three or four sessions to go from Vermeer to the end, because, like, those missions are long. I usually do, well, maybe just because I play longer sessions than you usually do. When I hit Vermeer, generally, um, generally, I can, if I start Vermeer, I will probably finish the game in that night. Mm -hmm. Because I usually do all the side quests before I go do the regular missions. Yeah, that's fair. There's only two new side quests after Vermeer. Yeah, and I think I was like level 25 before I did either Novaria or Pharos. (laughs) So, (laughs) I just, you just click all the planets and you level up. That's how the game works. Uh, Did you make it a point to check out the DLC stuff for Mass Effect 1? No, I double checked because I don't remember them being super consequential. Um, Oh, it's not. I looked it up in this book. I read the Game Informer review of it, which gave it a 4 out of 10 back in the day. Yeah, it sucked ass, as I recall. Um, Pinnacle Station was one of them, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. One of them introduces the Batarians. Um, and I thought that DLC was just god-awful. Like, the Batarians what are kind of a Batarian? cool alien design. Batarian? What is a Batarian? Oh, right! These, These weirdos. Yeah, they, are, they play a major role in Mass Effect 2 and 3. And I believe they're, like one of the races from the Terminus systems, and that's why, um, mm. like, that that comes up more uh, in the next set. But yeah, I, I believe they are the Terminus. Because they're going to, like, they're going to do, uh, they're going to do a colony drop on something, I think, is the plot of that uh, DLC. God. I think in Mass Effect Arrival? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh, no, that's uh, Rivals the uh, Mass Effect 2. Anyway, maybe it is in Mass Effect 2 that I'm thinking of. I don't know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure one of the DLCs is we're going to do a colony drop. Um, the DLC, as reviewed by Game Informer, seems to be some like chal- some combat challenge rooms, basically. Oh, weird. I don't remember that. I must not have done it. Um, but regardless, uh, I didn't do that either. Uh, I didn't do all the side missions but i did a couple of them one of which i just happened to like i looked it up to see like does is anyone talking about this what's the deal with vis why are they not ais um you go to the moon you disable a virtual intelligence a vi that is like going rampant vis are basically like siri they are as I understand it, just programs with personality imprints, which is like 
They are just, they are not even AIs. They are programs, and they might talk to you in the same manner as a specific person, but they are specifically not um, self-aware or, yeah. like... If you ask them a any... question they don't have knowledge on, they just tell you, I'm listen, I'm not a real person, I don't have info on that, sorry. Yeah, they don't learn new ideas or, like, uh, think through things. They are literally just, like, windows, but times a thousand. Yes. Um... And there's one of those that was going haywire, and you got to blow it up. And then at the end, it sends you a message in binary that if you translate it, just says help as it's dying. Uh, we will return to this in the future. Yep. Um, because this mission apparently is tied into some big fucking shit in Mass Effect 3. Oh, really? Oh, uh-huh. wow. Okay, great. I can't yeah. believe... We'll get there. This is... Mm. Get grumpy about two <laughs> games from now. I can't do it yet. We'll be there in four months. It's fine. Yes, it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll we'll get there before the the year is up. But yeah, that one we'll we'll put a pin in that. But we'll come back to that in a few games because uh, it as a as a one off side mission, it is just super important actually. Um, but where do we want to start with like breaking this stuff down? Um. Do we want to talk about game impressions or do we want to talk about the actual choices themselves? Um, because we could get into one or the other um, and one will end up feeding into the other, you know? Yeah. Um, How do you like shooting that gun? We uh, talked about it a little bit already. Yeah, so we talked let's... about it a little bit, but I don't think it's very good. Um, no? I I didn't hate... Um, I, didn't, I think I liked it back in the day, um, but playing it now, it's very clunky. Um, the cover system isn't even interesting or useful. Uh, they want you to command your squad mates, but give you like exactly two buttons to do so with. Uh, and they're not particularly good about it either. Uh, healing is a pain. Cover, I love to be in cover and try to inch to the edge, but have another character in cover who will not move. Or so you not can't move. In cover, just standing there so that I can't move. And I can't get out of cover to do fighting. And it's not and even sometimes, like... God. Then sometimes you'll just be walking back and forth during a fight and the, the squad mate will be attached to your hip. Yeah. Just like yes. following every move you make while doing their own combat shit. That was very funny. I had not seen that before. It's very good. It happened to me twice. Incredible. Um, it's, uh, the combat arenas don't even feel like they are designed for this game. Like, most of the time it feels very, um, I guess just bad is the word I want to use. Like, the covered isn't very good. Um, enemies will come at you from all sides, so it doesn't feel like being in cover is particularly useful. And in fact, sometimes detrimental because you can't move very well when you're in cover. There are many enemies with guns who will just run up and shoot you point blank. Yes, they, we're not doing, like, shooting across the aisle like we're we're doing shooting like point blank range only which is why i wanted to go shotguns this time because as you say if you're not if you're gonna do it i'm gonna do it i Mine's didn't understand i didn't know that like the enemies would just run straight at you while shooting and then when they get up close they will still be shooting at you but just standing right next to you i also, didn't realize that that's what this game would be and i wonder if that's what it used to be or if like this PS3 port that I'm playing has some issues. It does not uh, 
it is not served well graphically or like performance wise by its port. Um, no, it is kind of just there for completion's sake. It feels like, but I have to imagine that like this can't be like the game that everyone else played in 2007, right? No, it is. Oh no, it is. I I just okay. Mm-hmm. This is this is the same game. Half Life One had better enemies than this game did. Yeah, absolutely, it did. Um, I I don't know. I remember back in the day, I liked it, and I was foolish to do so. I don't know. Maybe I just hadn't I played know. any good shooter before that. I don't know if anyone is foolish for liking Mass Effect. I mean, it's got a lot of cool stuff to it, but uh, yeah, the, the gameplay like, is not good. That's what I mean. No. Yeah. Um, it is kind of unique. I don't know of any other shooter that feels like this. I played Control last year, and I can definitely see some influence there. Um, yeah. And I understand that like Mass Effect Andromeda really focused more on the combat and the gameplay, and... I'm interested to see that progression, but like something like that is the closest I've I can like point at another shooter and say like this feels similar. I did wish most of the time that I had the slow mo button from Fear or from Outer Worlds in this game. I feel like that would make it a lot better. Um, I heavily invested because I was playing a biotic character into Barrier. Um, because you soak up so much damage with it that it kind of makes mm. the cover obsolete. Um, and once you level it high you enough, you just bring the, cool the cover down, with you. You bring the cover with you. I am the cover. Get everyone, get, get behind, behind me. me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The, the The playing the game did not feel very good in combat. Yeah. Um. There's also just like. In the especially the things on the the combat encounters on the citadel are just like rooms, yes. So it's like you're not even doing cover because there is no cover, and it's just well you p- picked a fight in this combat in this um in this uh, dialogue section, and then now you're just gonna stand there and shoot each other until one of you dies. You sure are. That is what's gonna happen. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not very good, especially because like all of the um. All of the rooms are recycled on every planet you go to. So once you've seen the cave room, you know what all the cave rooms are going to look like. And, you know, making games expensive, hard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the only difference is, like, where two boxes are placed in the room for you to hide behind. Um, mm-hmm. Once you've seen the, um, like, metal cave door one, you've seen all of them. Once you've been to one spaceship, you've seen every spaceship layout. Yeah. I only went to one spaceship, and that was the one with the uh, Garrus mission on it. Ah, I see. Okay, well, this note about this side quest where um, women be crazy because their husband died uh, is not going to apply to your game, huh? I don't know what that is talking about. There is a side quest where you go to, like, a derelict ship, um, and a woman was so distraught of her husband dying um, that she killed everybody on board. (laughs) And there's, like, multiple... Um, like dialogue um, or audio logs where you listen to them and it's like yeah we just told uh, we just told whatever her name is like we just told Audrey about like her uh, her husband dying I think she's gonna be okay and then what's that noise behind me uh oh 
murder. So, and then you find him, and he is not dead. He's in a vegetative state and being kept on life support. And they wanted to take him off life support, uh, which is why she was going to kill all of them. Um, mm-hmm. Because women be crazy. Uh, cool. Yeah, very cool. Very fun. So I, um, you have to kill her if you go there. Um, and then I just pulled the plug on the guy. Yeah. We talked, this is, this is Soma, yeah. Soma follow-up. Just, he's not alive in there anymore. Uh, I went to do the Garrus mission, which is, there's a real sicko that Garrus didn't catch. You fucked up uh, doctor. Like cloning organs inside of people to harvest. And I just went to the ship and I killed him. And then that was the end of the mission. Yep. And it doesn't even like pull you off the ship either. It makes you walk all the way back out. Yeah. There's the mission design of this game is so weird because it wants you to do objectives, but then it makes you like stay on the planet after they're done without really suggesting to you that the mission has been completed. Uh, So there are multiple times where you're just standing there like, was I, did I finish? Was that it? <laughs> uh, I definitely drove around a planet for like 20 minutes on the on a call with you looking for the mis- mission objective, not knowing that the one-off Geth encounter that I fought on the planet surface was in fact the side mission. Um, I'm glad I was there to tell you because I feel like you may have spent another 15 to 20 minutes still looking. Be nice to me. <laughs> I am being nice to you. I'm just saying you were very like, because I had the same fucking thing happen to me. I'm glad I was able to tell you because that side quest is bad. The side quest is bad. Yes. Um, one might say all do, of the quests are bad. Did you do the gambling machine quest? I Is that on the Citadel? Yeah. No, I didn't do that. I didn't find it. I'm actually surprised because I thought I got all of the side quests. I used a guide because I, I wanted to do it. Um, and it turns out that when you finally track it down to... There's a signal that you find in the gambling machine area... And you track it back to a console, and a person had created a way to scam money off of these gambling machines. And as part of that, um, inadvertently created an AI. Oh, okay. This is familiar to me. I think I got this the first time through. Uh Uh-huh. You talk to the AI, and you're basically... Um, like, why did you, why are you doing this? Why are you here? And the AI is like, dude, I'm just trying to fucking live, bro. I wanted to, like, get some money, get myself transferred into a body, and, like, fucking veg, you know? I'm literally Uh, just vibing. But now that you found me, I'm going to kill you, because I know what's going to happen, and you're going to shut me down, because it's illegal to have AIs. And there's not really an option to talk your way out of that. Nope. You have to kill him. Uh, Basically, you have to kill it because it's going to kill you and it's going to blow up and kill a bunch of people. Right. Um, And, you know, it just says it is the nature of organic life to snuff out synthetic life. Wrong! Yeah. No, you see, it, it's there's a cycle. Well, see. this is the theme of the series, actually, but still wrong. And it's true to the theme of the series, because the game is written to be that way. Yes. Um, and it doesn't really stray from that at all. 
It never thinks uh, about what it's telling you, which I well, I mean, I guess it's written that way because it that's not what the game is for. It's not here to think about whether or not it's good to kill robots. The game was made because they wanted to create a um a us versus them story where the bad guy is using robots to slaughter all of the humans and needs to be stopped. They watched Blade Runner. <laughs> I'll, I will at least say that they watched Blade Runner, but it's like, bro, what if, like, it's the nature of creation for organics to create synthetics and for synthetics to kill organics, and then forever that cycle continues? Bro. But also, that's supported by the text of the game specifically because the game is never written to allow for any nuance on the subject. No, it doesn't want you to think about it. It wants you to just kill the Geth. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the Geth are... have, like... The Geth are more complicated because they are not evil. No! Um, the the whole thing with the Geth is explored more in the second game. Yes. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Um, but... They are still people. Yeah. Uh, it's... And they are seen as people by most, like, species in the in the setting in a way that most synthetic life forms are not. Yeah. Because, they, you know, they are, um... They are, like, seen as having not will, like, free will individually, but... They, you know, as a body, just kind of choose to do stuff, I guess. They have personhood. Yes. Each Geth does have personhood. Yes. Um, it's just that they think slower when there's no other ones nearby. Yeah, and it's it's like a complicated embodiment that is different from the other species. Um, and harder to understand, but the racial politics of this game are pretty bad. I was going to say, when Tally explains to you what the deal with the Geth is. I had completely forgotten about what the setup is, and it's horrifying. I cannot believe. I just kind of went like, oh, wow, that's fucked up. Like, the first time around, but for the Quarians, mm-hmm. and not like, oh, they almost genocided a whole people who just gained sentience. Oh, that's uh-huh. fucked up. And they are acting they, like the victims because they got owned for doing it. They made robot slaves, and then the slaves said, we don't want to be that anymore. Yeah, we well, had we, we gained robot, sentience, so my want, friends. Yeah. Um, and then the Quarians were like, ooh, loading my gun. Ooh, that's, uh, <laughs> mm, cocking my gun. That's a shame there, buddy. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Hate to see um, it. And then, and then the, like, Geth took, I guess, took over their planet. Is that right? I don't remember. Uh, yes, Geth, Geth took over the planet, and that is why the Quarians are stuck in space, uh, trying to, I guess, credit to them for never landing somewhere and taking over, but... Not much. But that's but the thing about the Quarians is also that they're just space Romani. Yes. And like with that bundled up in all of that now is this implication that like these diasporic peoples are like experiencing a life that they caused themselves. Yeah. Uh and we're you know, Quarians are not uh being oppressed they just made some bad choices yeah uh and now they're the now they're stuck in space with the fleet and they don't have like a homeland it's bad it's really bad it's the Um, worst 
and no one ever examines it. <laughs> no. At least not in this game. I don't know. We, there's more Quarian stuff in the second game. There because... is. There's a lot more Quarian stuff because we have a Geth yeah. who joins the party. Yeah. Um, a Geth named then... Legion. Get the fuck out of here. Shut up. Fuck <laughs> stupid. But, like, the thing about it, and this is, like, tied into what I was saying about the writing making it objectively true, like, the themes. Mm-hmm. It's not like this setting is a space for them to explore a theme and to, like, think about it. It's, we made a setting to enforce this theme and bring it to bear. Um, the Krogan is another example. I... I knew the Krogan was bad. I forgot how bad the Krogan was. Or specifically how bad the Solarians are. The Krogan are a species of big, burly, tough aliens with head plates. Uh, They're fucking cool. They're cool. They have four testicles and they love to fight and fighting is all they do and they're in these... Are they tr- are they called tribes? What are they called? Uh, yeah. Are they tribes? I think they're clans. 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 It's clans. Hundred percent clans. Um, and they are they like determine their politics through headbutts and fighting and stuff. Um, and they are kind of the orc of Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, but. If orcs in fantasy settings were like, well, I don't know. Have you ever seen an orc scientist? I sure have. We don't do that. And it's like reinforcing in the text. How do they build spaceships if that's what the... Ah, stupid. There is a sentiment in the setting that Kroken are dangerous and, you know, uncontrollable. So that's why... The Solarians created a genophage, which makes it incredibly difficult for Krogans to reproduce. It didn't wipe them out completely, but it's like on its way. What it says um, is it changes the birth rate um, from almost guaranteed to like one or two in a thousand. Yes. Which is horrifying. Yeah. Like on multiple um, levels. I don't think... Do they talk about whether or not they, like, kept it at a sustainable level? Or no. is it just like, oh, it's just going to kill them all? The The suggestion is that it would be a sustainable level if the Krogan would stop getting themselves killed. Thus placing the blame for their on death. The on the Krogan, yes. On the Krogan. Um, but also, it is reinforced textually that the Krogan do just really love fighting and they don't like thinking about things. And, like, even they are perpetuating this idea of what they are. Right. And Rex throws that idea out that his people are not helping his, not helping the cause, the the problem. Yeah. And, like, it just sucks. Like, you can't have, this is the house elves wanting to be slaves. Yes, extremely. (laughs) Like, in Harry Potter, this is just, like, reinforcing this shitty aspect of the of the of the setting like in the text that is like it it wants you to kind of think that this game is nuanced and like this world is complicated and like it's not dark like they sell dragon age as dark fantasy yeah when it's extremely just high fantasy right um but like 
what that actually means is like applying shitty metaphors onto um fictional things and then making something objectively true about that and this is one of those the other one being like the asari are sexy to everyone yes and like there are there's one asari in the game who isn't horny and it's the matriarch who is working for saren and she's not horny but she's got her whole titties out that's true she herself is not horny, but, like, they, like, during her death scene, the camera is almost completely focused on her tits. It's the, it's the biotic shield that needs, like, you gotta breathe to, you know. <laughs> Something words and deeds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sending you the um, screenshot. Look at, look at this. What? Where is it? It's in the it's in the channel for the for journal yeah, update. Uh huh. Uh huh. Those titty. They out. They're out. They're simply out. That's so true. Why does there? Why is there a second picture of Benezia in this chat? It's the one that says, "Uh, it's the famous Asari commando unit before uh, line," because it's very stupid. <laughs> um, Krogan, the fight race. Asari, the sex race. There's Turians and Salarians. Like Salarians are the scientists. Turians are they're the military people. They're they're military yeah. because the Krogan are supposed to be seen as more primitive. Yeah. Um. Then you have the Volus. These ones are the Jewish now, race. Uh huh. These ones are all short and fat, and they do really good finance. And stuff. they make funny breathing noises. Uh huh, and that's that's what it is. I can't believe we did this. I can't believe I you motherfuckers. Um, they turn it into an even bigger joke throughout the rest of the series, which is so oh, much yeah. worse. Um, there aren't any Volus in Andromeda, I don't think. Right? I have no. I haven't played Andromeda. That'll be the only one I'm going into blind. But yeah, there's that. Then there's. Then there's the weird ones, which are just kind of like miscellaneous uh, jokes to be yes. aliens. Uh, you have the Hanar, which are jellyfish. They are psychic jellyfish, and they float around with their psychic powers, and they speak telepathically. They're cool psychic um, jellyfish. They're cool psychic jellyfish. The game doesn't think and so, but they are cool. The game wants you to just treat them like... Uh, I don't know, annoying little goblins. They want you to treat pitching? them like children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hanar, don't have a seat on the council. Volus, don't have a seat on the council. Uh, and keep in mind the humans are the newest species to be in like the society. The excuse is you have to have a um, ship fleet to contribute to the Citadel Defense Force to have a seat on the council. And none of the other... Um, species are suited to fighting, so they don't have militaries like that. Um, which, in that mm. case, they should probably have a Krogan on the council, but the Krogan, as we know, are uh, useless people who are still stuck in the Stone Age. Stone Age for spacefaring civilizations. Right, yes. Um, and then there's the Elcor, which are these weird quadrupedal aliens who communicate most of their nuance through, I think, scent. 
I believe so. Yeah, I, I think they I think they give off smells, and other Elcor can smell them and like understand what the other um, Elcor are saying. Um, otherwise, they can only speak in very dry monotone and have to tell you what emotion they're feeling at the beginning of a sentence. Which same <laughs> big big mood. Uh, but like the Elcor and the Hanar, and like they're not fleshed out at all, really. At least in this one. Uh, not, I also didn't comb through the codex to read up on their lore, no. right? But they don't have any political presence. They don't have any like narrative presence. The Volus are also there on this level, but they have the like Jewish stereotype thing to flesh them out. Yeah, that's what they have. Um, so other than those, it's mainly just fight, fight, but with more society quote-unquote, I don't know, a civilized fight, I guess you would yeah. call it. Um, sex, science. Uh, These are what you can put your skill points into. These are all the yeah. skills. And human. And then Quarians. There's more species that get introduced later, uh, and they're more generally like, ah, I'm just a weird alien, uh, to my recollection. I don't know that there is any particular like characterization of the drow, for example. Mm-hmm. But those aren't in this game. Nope, we'll get there. I'm sure they'll characterize them when they're around. That sucks. That's like a staple of sci-fi, right? Is to have these monoculture, I guess fantasy too, is to have the monoculture like species that are not humans, but they are based on specific types of human in like a really racist way. Yeah. There has recently been huge discourse in tabletop twitter over orcs over people like not wanting to believe that orcs are racist um which they are yeah spoilers they're very racist spoilers um that's the weird species racism stuff uh the characters all believe those traits like yeah it's not just that like oh it's assumed that such and such is this way as like a cultural thing it is like literally in the text even the Krogans think that they are the big dumb brutes. Yes, they they reinforce that themselves. You don't even get to like you don't even get to meet a Krogan who like wants to be a scientist, but nobody takes them seriously. Like you don't even get that. You just get like some one off line from Rex about how, duh, Krogan don't want to be smart. Obviously, you also never meet a lady Krogan, at least in this one. Not in this one. I think they are in two. I think because you get to go to, like, the the Krogan home planet. Right. Because Grunts is like, bro, I'm so murder horny. I need you to help me with this. Do you want to um, talk about some specific choice lines that come up in the game? The the questions I had I had written down? Um, the last thing we should probably do before that is, is just briefly say uh, what biotics are. Because we have mentioned them. Oh, yeah. Um, biotics are... Um, well, okay. Asari, um, I believe, can naturally do biotics. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it is, it is basically telekinesis, pretty much. Um, there, it's magic. They, it's how you do magic. But they are for humans. You have to have implants that allow you to do this. I did not look very deep into what the lore on it is, like, and what it actually entails. What the, what the magic is per se. Um, but you can do things like create an anti-gravity well. well. Uh, yes, um, go on. Humans who are exposed to a particular element called element zero um, 
when they are in utero, have a chance to develop certain mutations, um, and those can create the ability to generate the biotic energy. Um, and then with an implant, those can be directed into something useful, which in this universe means um, something violent. Military, yeah. Yeah, military, specifically like child soldier shit. Um, but you can't replace your implant without a very dangerous brain surgery, which means that technology that progresses like this, like if you got the shitty one, you got the shitty one. Like Caden is an L2, yes. which is an out-of-date model of biotic uh, amp, I guess. I think they're yeah. called amps when you equip them. The little, yeah. Um, but like he gets migraines and shit. Um from his shitty brain implant because it's out of date. Uh, they also say that one of the symptoms is insanity, which that's not a symptom. That's not a medical, like, you can't be diagnosed with insanity. No. But, like, you know, the technology advances, and, like, I think as of Andromeda, people are running around being L5s. Oh, wow. They really advanced uh, it. Yeah, I don't know that it really comes up that much um narratively like i don't know that the story of mass effect cares that much about biotics but not in this one at least there's some stuff about how people with biotic powers specifically humans um are they feel mistreated you get sent on quite a few missions by the Alliance to put down biotic rebellions because they are seeking, like, reparation payments or, mm-hmm. um, like, assistance you know, or, or disability, basically, because yeah. the implants have fucked them up so bad, which says to me that the government lied about what the side effects were on these implants, um, and they are trying also- to seek compensation. They also talk about how, like, the government or corporations or both staged accidents to expose pregnant people to this chemical. To element zero. Yeah, to the element zero. Um, I'm blanking currently. Um, Do other species have biotics besides humans and Asari? Um, I Krogan's might? Okay. I think Rex has a biotic, like, I'm trying to think. He, I think he has a, like, when you take him into battle, it tells you what their levels are for tech, combat, and biotics. I think he has a marked biotics. Okay. Um, And I think, so it's him, Caden, Liara, and I think those are the only crew members who can do biotics because Garrus is tech, uh, uh, Tally is tech, and Ashley is only combat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a lot. Um, the Like I was saying, there are a good half dozen missions that tell you, hey, go kill these biotics. Or, hey, go stop these biotics from killing a senator who voted against giving biotics like reparation payments or compensation. Um, there are so many of them. There are they are half of the missions you get when you're wandering from system to system. System it is bonkers. And this is just like side content. It doesn't matter, uh, and no one comments on it. 
No, nobody cares. You do the mission. Nobody says anything to you about it. Caden never talks to you about how fucked up it is that you're doing this to people who are probably his friends. He probably knows them. Probably. Um, I did look at the biotics page on the Mass Effect wiki and like, oh, there's a shit ton of aliens who use biotics. So like, yeah. Dumb question, dumb answer. <laughs> I mean, I know the Drell do. Um, yeah, I, there's there's lots. In Mass Effect 1, there aren't. Right. Anyway. But anyway, uh, we've, I think we've set the ground pretty well to talk about some choices. Yeah, let's let's talk about some choices you can make. I made a list of what I felt like were the most major choices in Mass Effect 1. Obviously, you can do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will not reflect everything. But these are the ones that I believe you have to run into um, to... Uh, complete the story or at least you are suggested that you should interact with these um, because mm-hmm. apparently you cannot recruit Garrus yeah you can turn him down you can turn him down so did you did you take Garrus yes I did take Garrus I took Garrus I got Garrus uh, did you get Liara you know what I did I know you did listen I, I know all the answers down. to these questions but also I must ask them because we have to do it for the podcast I also turned her down when she got too horny with me because my shepherd didn't fuck anyone. Your shepherd well, could not possibly fuck at this exact juncture. Maybe in the future I could fuck, but not now. Uh, she did fuck the Asari consort. Do you get to fuck the Asari consort, or does she just tell you that you look pretty and then move on with your well, life? if you say that's not enough, then uh, you get a close-up of her head, and then you see the, like... Does she do the eye thing? There's a bed in the room that has like a plastic dome over it, and you can see a cut a shot of the dome, and then you see her hand reach out and touch it from the inside. Huh. So it's implied that you're fucking. That's really weird because otherwise a sorry sex is not implied to happen like that ever. Shrug? Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh I did not fuck the consort in that case. I was she's just like, let me give you your reward. You're very handsome. I love you. You're very cool. You're very cool, and I think you'll do cool <laughs> things in this video game series. <laughs> You're going to make some choices, Shepard. Can't tell you what they are. You Sorry, Consort's so fucking stupid. This the fucking Dark Souls 2, ladies. You will <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about the characters who can die in this. Uh, yeah, so, um, did, so on Vermeer, which is the most, like, pivotal point of the game, it is the, it is the middle point where things can actually happen, um, did Rex die? No. No, absolutely not. Rex is right. Rex is the only character in this game with rights. So, what happens is, Saren has found a way to, uh, reverse or dismiss the genophage in Krogan, and so his has like created this Krogan army to serve him and serve the Reapers, and Rex says, Hey, shouldn't we take the genophage cure from Saren? And like we have to figure out what's what's going on there. And then you don't get to make a decision about that because the you game just... is like, no, it's actually good that your people are being genocided and yeah. you need to become complicit in the destruction of the thing that will cure your species. 
something he very deeply cares about and is like his entire character motivation throughout the game is he hates that his people are being torn apart because of the genophage specifically. Um, and of course, the people who you interact with on Vermeer are Solarian like hit squads uh, who are the um, species that created the genophage in the first place. So um, you have to tell Rex, hey, no, you can't have the cure to the genophage because you're a bad species and you better listen to me. And clearly these aren't real Krogan because Saren made them. Well, the choice, the dialogue that I got was, do you want to save your people so they can be slaves under Saren? Is that what you want? Because the choice isn't, what he wants isn't actually, hey, we should take the genophage cure from Saren. It's like, hey, this sounds like a pretty fucking good deal for me, Shepard. Yes. Saren's like doing something for us. Yeah, he's... What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing for me besides agreeing with the Solarian guy right in my face? Because you don't Uh, have a choice to not agree with him. You don't have a choice to not be in favor of the genophage. And you also don't get a choice of like, you're not allowed to suggest the possibility of... Why don't we look for a cure? Yeah, why don't we steal the data while we're here? Yeah. And it could be a side mission. Uh, I know that that becomes a side mission in the third game. Yeah, Um, you can... You can make that decision in the third game, but like, (sighs) come on. I'm so not ready to deal with Morden. I'm super not ready to deal with Morden. I'm going to hate every fucking minute of two and three. (laughs) The third game also introduces hero protagonist. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it doesn't introduce hero. Pro- we'll get there. Listen, I have so <laughs> many issues with hero protagonist. Uh, chief among them that he will kill my husband, but that's, that's neither true. here nor there. Um. Additionally, so the way that this can go down is one of three ways. You can convince Rex to be, uh, like, priv- like complicit in this thing in this. <sighs> So there are three outcomes to this sort of confrontation. One is that you convince Rex to go along with everything and just fight Saren and everything's fine. One is that you kill Rex uh, and you just get in a shootout with him or you just click the shoot him button in the dialogue and you yeah. shoot him. Well, also, um, there, like in addition to the shoot Rex button, there is a have Ashley shoot Rex button if you're a fucking coward. But there's also... Um, because I skipped through a piece of dialogue too fast, and and you do have to prompt Ashley by saying, be ready. Uh, but that is the neutral option. That is the default position of the cursor. Oh, I just um, talked to her um, before I went to talk to Rex. I, like, checked in with everybody, uh, and it just put that option on my screen, even though I did not, like, explicitly tell Ashley, like, hey, get ready. Okay. Um, but if you do tell her that... And then you take too long talking to Rex. If you talk to him for too long, Ashley will just kill him for you without you asking. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Love that. Anyway, I left Ashley to die on that planet. Fuck yeah. Get rid of that. She's the worst. She sucks. She is extremely uh, space racist. Awful. Also, half the people in this game are space racist. I was on the call with you when I was uh, going around, doing my rounds, you know, talking to all of my characters. Yeah. And I mentioned that Ashley was probably a turf. Yes, Ashley, Ashley Mass Effect is definitely a turf. And 
Then the next thing I do is I talk to her while talking to you, and she says, it's not a problem, is it, that I believe in God? It's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, what a anyway, stupid... then you have to answer the question of whether or not your character believes in God without any information about what that fucking means in this setting. Yeah, about what religion is in, um, in the Mass Effect universe. There is like, one. There's one thing where you could make fun of the um, the Hanar for having religion. You could do that. Yeah. Um. But like, what does that mean? What is God to a human in twenty one thirty eight or whatever the fuck? Yeah. After having discovered like beyond light speed travel and all that. The thing that you say if you say yes is how can you look at the universe and not believe in a higher power? Yeah. Which is like a theme. I think, like, the Geth revere the Reapers as a higher power. And, like, the way that the Asari, especially Liara, talk about the Protheans, like, it's kind of similar. Do you... Nora, did you play 2 and 3? Remind me. I played 2, um... But I played 2 in, like, 2012, and I played it as a shooter and didn't really do much of the lore stuff okay also i couldn't read any of the text because i had a bad tv yeah um so so, like my memories are very vague the the thing i need to tell you is that the asari religion it turns out once you get to mass effect 3 is that they actually worship the protheans without realizing it oh cool i did notice that at the end of this game one of the asari npcs says thank the goddess or some shit and it's like what this is the only implication we have in this game of asari religion who is this goddess yeah um it is it is a prothean who they have over time like morphed into being a goddess figure because the the protheans hope whatever we'll get there i don't have to do this whole thing right now yeah exactly uh, just put it off. <laughs> yes, I will. I will not explain the plot of Mass Effect Three to you right now. That's fine. Uh, what? Uh, anyway, I did say that my shepherd believed in God, but like to see that dialogue play out. But like that tells you nothing. Like, yeah, it's nothing. What? What is she? Mormon? Like Catholic? Like, what's the deal? Like, what is? What does it look like to be religious in any way? Right, and not only human religion, but all of the other species, in theory, probably have religion in some way or another. Or they have, like, spirituality, or, like, they have beliefs. Yeah. Even if it's not, like, religion as we understand it, like, that might be hidden in the Codex somewhere, but, like, that's a pretty, like, I would, <laughs> looking at human as, as like, a general thing that we've been doing on this planet for a while. Religion, kind of a big deal. It's pretty big. Um, there's no churches on the on the Citadel. None. Zero. This is the future liberals want. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so... Um, just the, I just want to touch on um, the possibility that you could kill Rex because in Mass Effect Two, if you do not import a save, it assumes that Rex died on the planet, which is fucked. Yeah, completely, totally fucked because he's right. Unfor- unfortunately, Bioware, <laughs> you wrote a character who you thought was very wrong, but in fact, he's very right. Yeah, and like you know, at the very least, this character has a stance. Which is more than I can say about some characters in the games we've played before this. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, I'm looking through my... Simon Jarrett would never have a stance. No. Not once in his life. He's too stupid for that. <laughs> too fucking dumb for that. Um, yeah. So, uh, there's, um... Let's, uh, let's move on to the next question, which is... You, you said it already. We killed Ashley. Um, Ashley races turf. Dead. Found dead on Vermeer. Um... Which means Caden is left alive, but also, if I could have just left him, I would have. Eh. I don't really feel one way or you the know, other about Caden. Caden, and... Caden is voiced by the guy who voiced Carth uh, Onassi from Knights of the Old Republic, who is the same character. Yes, exactly and the same. they would be fine. They would be tolerable. They would be, like, an okay character if he wasn't so fucking horny. <laughs> wants to fuck so bad he wants the ass like the his first one of the first moments that i had with caden and ashley on the citadel was like looking at a view out of a window and caden's like oh not as beautiful as you i I mean ma'am uh the commander uh oh geez they want to let you know that there are options for straight girls out there and they are all awful (sighs) you have three romance options in this game yes uh liara being like bisexual can be uh, dated by either Shepard, and then Caden and Ashley are the partners for the straights, for the hats, and they get what they deserve. Frankly, they get what they deserve—a blast of nuclear radiation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I don't I'm like s- either of these characters. I I don't even like. They don't matter. I just remembered a detail about Mass Effect 3 that I'm, like, frustrated with still because it's, like, huge missed opportunity that relates to leaving Caden or Ashley. But we can't talk about Mass Effect 3. We can't do it. <laughs> we're we, we are talking about Mass Effect 3 again. We have to stop. <laughs> it's the specter that looms over this podcast. Yes. Which is just, like... <sighs> Truly the Reaper is... destined to come kill us after three more months. Talking about Bioware games has this, like thing this shadow over it like any conversation which is like the fact that bioware went through and continues to go through as of andromeda's like release um waves of just horrible harassment directed at writers at designers yeah um it seemed to like first really swell uh after the release of Dragon Age 2, which is between Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Um, and it just was vile. And it is like this thing that is just looming over every discussion of, ma- of a Bioware game for me. And we'll get more into it when we talk more about Mass Effect 3 because like... That was the worst one, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Next question. Who's ready? <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready for the next question? Did you save the council or did you put humans in charge? No, did Saren kill himself first? Oh, yes. Yes, because that's that's a choice you get to make because you don't have to... Take, like, that only happens if you follow the Paragon or Renegade dialogue trees uh, rather than just trying to talk to him normally. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he he shoots himself if you, if you talk him out of it and make him realize that he is being severely influenced by Saren because he shows up at the Citadel and he's like, hey, check out all my cool new implants I got from Sovereign. And you're like, uh, hey, but I think he might be mind controlling you via implant. And Saren's like, wait, ah, fuck, you're right, shit. And then shoots himself. It's, it's a lot. Um, 
But yeah, it's also you, very little. It's very little. It's a lot and it's nothing <laughs> at the same time. It just kind of happens. I when I first played the game, I didn't realize that was what would happen. I was like, oh, okay then. Guess we'll <laughs> guess we'll move on. You can't not have a boss fight though. No, you have to have a boss fight. Well. Shout out to, was it Fable 2 or 3? That at, It's Fable 2. At the end of Fable 2, you just shoot the big bad guy. The game's over. I was like, you know what? Thank you. You just you just <laughs> roll up and you shoot him in the damn face. Good game. <sighs> Autumn was watching me fight Saren at the end, and it was just taking forever. See, here's my trick. As you get a shotgun and you put the rail extenders in it, and then you shoot <laughs> him two times, and he goes, ow, I'm dead now. <laughs> Uh, last question, like you said, is did you save the council? Um, yes, because not doing so is so horrendously monstrous, it's not funny. It costs you nothing. And yeah. also, you have to put in a human council afterward, which is awful! The whole game sets up the council as this, like, layer of bureaucracy that keeps you from doing what needs to be done, because it's a fucking cop game. Because this is a game for cops. It's about being a cop, and how the police station is actually bad. Like, the chief of police is just keeping you from killing all the criminals, and if you were just able to kill all the criminals, there would be no criminals anymore. Light was right. (laughs) And (laughs) the, you know, due process just gets in the way of justice, which is, you know, a 9mm bullet. Exactly. Um, and so the council stands against you and, like, doesn't believe you and that you say that Saren is bad. And then when you prove that, they don't believe you that the Reapers are real until the Reapers show up. Well, and... because, like, the thing is about them is that, like, when the Reapers show up, it's just sovereign. So it's just this enormous ship nobody knows anything about. And you say, oh, that's a Reaper. And they go, that looked like a spaceship, actually. It was a very big spaceship. But it looked like a spaceship. And, you know, they're kind of right. It does look like a big spaceship. But from the perspective of, like, what they're trying to communicate to the player is that they are these incompetent politicians. Because, you know, you know, the cops hate politicians. Yeah. Um, and they just haven't been helping you the way that they could. And so yes. at the end, you're given the choice of whether or not to save them. But what that actually is, is do you save them? Or do you tell the entire human fleet, wait, and watch them die, and then go fight And then go fight Sovereign, which is fucking, I cannot imagine picking that. Like, I guess unless you're trying to intentionally play, like, full-ass renegade, fuck everybody else in the universe, humans the best, humans number one, you're like that, that meme that's going around with all the Olympic people, and the humans are the ones, like, just splashing their face with the water and, like, chewing on the metal, and then they're in third place. That's what the humans are in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like, the whole second game is going to be you working for the neo-Nazis. Yes, it is, it is explicitly because Cerberus does come up in this. And they are explicitly a cell of human alliance, a human military, who are all, like, staunchly human supremacists. Yep, and that's who you get to work with in Mass Effect 2 as, like, your CO. And they are going to walk that all the way back as far as they can. <laughs> like, it is implied that uh, Cerberus is very bad, but they're like, oh, no, no, they're not, they're not human supremacists, everybody. We actually wanted to use them in this game, so we can't have them be literally, like, space human Nazis. They're just human rights They're just activists. human rights activists, everybody. <laughs> it's different. Uh, it's different. Um, those are the major choices in this game. Um, did you do a ton of side quests? Did you spend a lot of time on that? Not really. No? Um, no. I went through and cleared out my journal. 
um, because in it. one way or the other, yeah, I updated my journal a lot. Um, oh, did you uh, did you do the Rachni Queen quest? Yes. Did you I save did. the Rachni Queen? I did. Good. That's the that is the right call. Yeah, I elected not to perform genocide. I yeah, I decided I would not snuff out an entire species. Just because you don't understand them doesn't mean that they're like evil. Yeah, and like especially when the lady tells you like, listen. I don't want to do anything. Literally, please just let me go have kids somewhere. And you're like, all right, that's fine. I promise they'll be nice. The dialogue choice you can get to justify that is this one learned how to act now. Yes. Which is like... Which is also bad. Also terrible. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate that, that both um, the Ragnai Queen and the Thorian, which is a mind control alien, yeah. um, just use asari as puppets to talk to <laughs> yes. you because they're inhuman um the thorian specifically like you had like when saren came to talk to the thorian because the thorian contains centuries and centuries and decades and millennia of knowledge and can transfer uh the memories of the protheans into you so you can understand like prothean language and what it's like to be prothean uh so you can make sense of the visions that you have um, he was just like, yeah, you can have this Asari for it. She could transfer it into my brain. And also, you can keep her. Here you go. Um, so the Athorian can just spit out copies of that Asari, which is kind of gross. Yeah. It's pretty yucky. Is that it for Mass Effect? I kind of think that's it for Mass Effect. Um, game looks bad. Game plays bad. Uh, and is generally a political mess. Yeah. Political and moral mess, really. That being said, how many times have you played it? Uh, this was probably my fourth playthrough. Yeah. I played, I played it, Mass Effect 2 and really liked it. I really liked playing Mass Effect 2 back in the day. I have not played it since Mass Effect 3 came out. We will see what happens. But I think I am at least going to have fun playing it as opposed yeah, to sure. this game, which is not very fun yeah. to play. Also, I'm playing Vanguard this time, which means I get to do the Vanguard charge. And I'm very excited to start doing Vanguard charge again. <laughs> um... I also like I played a Mass Effect tabletop game once. Uh, I was playing a an Ardat Yakshi, which I don't. Think oh, is okay. A concept. That's introduced in two. Okay. Uh, sometimes, like the Asari, they have sex with their brains, and sometimes they are born with a weird condition where, when they do that, they kill their partner. Yes. Um, and then those people are, I guess hunted down in some way they're usually um, killed by asari matriarchs because they make the asari look bad basically i was playing one of those who was just like a scared teen running away from the cops yeah for her fatal brain powers um and that was a fun session we were playing the edge of the empire session which is the star wars oh yeah, yeah. RPG by fantasy flight and it just converts straight to mass effect pretty easy what i will say is that the mass effect universe is at the end of the day, still pretty cool. I still enjoy the world building in Mass Effect. I think it's pretty cool. I think the concept of the Reapers is silly um, in a lot of ways, um, but I also don't hate it. It, it. it very much feels like, okay, but who built that, though? And they never, as I recall, get into that ever. Or are they but like that's... life forms that built robots to put their brains in? But, you know, that's kind of beyond the scope of... Yeah, and I guess that's this fine. Game and maybe the trilogy, we'll find out. We'll find but, out. Um, I Well, no, it's not beyond the scope of the trilogy. It should be. <laughs> should not be beyond the scope of the trilogy. 
We got a bunch of emails. We have a bunch of emails because this is a popular game. A common thread among these are people saying... People having a sort of, like, reluctance to look back on Mass Effect because they it was something that they really enjoyed and that they are worried won't hold up politically or mechanically or what have you. And, and it doesn't. To all of that, I simply say, I like Star Wars. <laughs> I like Star Wars a lot. It's important to me. It's very close and dear to me as like a thing that is personally affecting it is also it's, so it's also tremendously so racist. racist it's so racist um yeah like, no you can you can still go back and love the things you loved but you have to also say oh but they're bad oh boy but they're bad and like you don't have to you don't have to like drag it through the mud either you just have no. to like it is okay to appreciate and enjoy art that is also, you know, has flaws or is like otherwise complicated. You are allowed to do that, and I would encourage you to do that. Yes, I. Just, I it is part of the, being a person at this point. Exactly, especially a person living under capitalism. Yes, and like I just want to push back a little on the idea that somebody is going to cancel Mass Effect. I mean, well, that is kind of what this podcast is. We did kind of cancel Mass Effect on this podcast. That is what our aim was. And then Bioware did cancel Mass Effect after it came literally. out. Literally. Yeah, literally. But like Mostly because gamers were like, oh, look at these models. They look like shit. And to be fair. They do kind of look the, like shit. You know, the facial animations in Mass Effect Andromeda seem to uh, not They were uh, rough. They were a little rough. But regardless, my point being that like it's fine to like the thing. You like you know I I love Star Wars, I'm not going to say that it is good because I like it. I like it is irresponsible to ignore the flaws in a thing that you like. Yes. And I think that like as a person engaging with art, you are doing yourself a disservice as well if you choose parts of it to ignore or just to pretend doesn't don't exist. This is why like I push back against the like Hatsune Miku wrote Harry Potter thing, right? Like she, All she did art not. is is part of a it has a context that includes the the creators in it and the circumstances of it of its like creation and like the what the world was like at that time and just ignoring big chunks of the thing that you like because it's problematic is going to just kind of cheapen your experience with it and like this isn't like calling any of y'all out for writing these emails like this it's just to say like we're taking a stance on this podcast and like you can like a thing you can also engage with it critically and it's fine and it's it's like it can be tricky it can be hard to do if you are very emotionally tied to it yeah but it, you know it, you, it will enrich your experience with it it will enrich your ability to engage with art to do that I believe also at the top of this episode, I talked about how much I was enjoying Minecraft and was playing Grand Theft Auto Five. We are all, we are yes. all doing this. Like, listen, no one is spotless. all awful things, but you know what? Grand Theft Auto Five, in my experience, has been still pretty fun, even though they are doing the Quentin Tarantino thing where they made so many excuses to put the N word mm-hmm. in their video game. Um. So that being said, I just wanted to like state that as like the person who loves Star Wars and also enjoys mass effect as like a setting and as a concept uh, even if i think that this game is a kind of a bad one to play yes it's it's not a very good game but like the world building is cool what i will say the one thing 
I am most scared of doing this podcast is having to play Dragon Age 2 again. Because <laughs> I, for years and years, have said that is the only good Dragon Age game. And I still believe that truly, dearly in my heart. Um, but You're not the only person who says that. But I, as a person who really enjoyed Dragon Age Inquisition and didn't really play the first two, I, I would challenge you for which I could one not, is, the, is the good one. I could but. not get out of the hinterlands in that game. I, I just, you just I know that you have you just to go home. I know you, you just go home. You, you just can, hit the I just menu. couldn't. You go home. I couldn't do it. You I just couldn't get home. out of there. It was just too much. I got overwhelmed. Just go home. <laughs> I think you misunderstand how I play the video games. You can stop. You can go home. You can, yeah, but I couldn't <laughs> see because I have a brain problem. We'll this is a personal issue. We'll get there. I will have to leave it for this podcast eventually, so we will get there. Um. Which do you want me to start with an email? Um, uh, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with one. Yeah, go for it. Do we want to? Hey, do we want to do the Sobo one first? That's what I was gonna do. Okay, yeah, yeah, lay it out. Um, so Ashley sends us two emails. One uh, was sent the day we recorded our previous episode, but after we've recorded, so we missed it. Um, asking about the live action ads preceding the release of Soma. To be honest, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Do you think the game could have benefited from more elements of the facility at full operation? I actually, in I between you showing me these emails and uh, doing this podcast, should probably have looked up the Soma ads. Yeah, I also didn't see these. Um, so I am going to just click this right now. Oh, these are five minute long videos. We do not have time for this. Yeah. Yeah, it looks weird. I'll give it that. This is cool, though. I'm definitely going to watch these. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't think the game, I don't think this was the problem with Soma. Um, when it mm-hmm. comes down to it, like, this is not what, I don't think live action video being included in that game would have been the what, you know, pushed over the edge. No, but, like, do you think that having more view point of view into, like, what this place was like before everything went down would be good? Um, yeah, it might have, yeah. Um, Oh, I misread the question. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think it might have been interesting to see what was happening here beforehand, because they kind of suggest it, but they don't really go into it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I we also had a whole month to to look these up, and we just didn't. Well, I just I didn't. didn't know that this question. <laughs> That's true. I didn't yeah. send this question to you until today. But regardless, uh, sorry we missed this email last time. But, you know, everyone can also send in just any email about video games to this podcast, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, the next one is from Jasmine, who says, uh, so Mass Effect, huh? What did you think of the more Easter egg or out there quests, like the moon, hunting down space monkeys and the like? Uh, have you ever left Liara for last? Is the, um, recruiting Liara is different if you are, if you come late because she, like, gets too in her own head, uh, getting stuck in the Prothean ruins. And fuck to gross heads. Tally is like sixteen. When do they say that. that? I had no idea about that. I didn't know that. I had no um, idea. And I don't know what the space monkeys is referring to. The, there is a quest where you go to a planet to recover some data, and some space monkeys have stolen that data and are hiding in a cave. And you have to explore five different caves to figure out which one the space monkeys have taken it to. And if you hurt any of the space monkeys, you get renegade points. You cannot get Paragon points for anything in that quest, by the way. You can only rack up Renegade points by running over monkeys. Oh, shit, I should have I done that. Yeah, you really should have gone down there. 
Um, it that quest fucking sucks. It was bad. I got lost four times because they don't explicitly tell you it's inside a cave, and what you do is you investigate each monkey to see if they're holding it. Um, and there are just mm-hmm. like crowds of them at each of the locations. Cool. Yeah, it sucks. I have never left Liara for last because I love her. I love her dearly with my heart. Are you dating her? I am dating her currently, and I will drop her immediately in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> Mostly because she's not there for it, but um, mm-hmm. also because um, I love Thane so much. Yeah, I remember liking him a lot. Yeah. Um, he's sad, and he has a son. <laughs> that's all, that's what I remember about Thane. <laughs> um... um. I will say, she Tally is literally eighteen, like <laughs> in Mass Effect One. Yeah, born twenty one sixty one. The game takes place in twenty one eighty three. So, so she's like twenty two. Twenty two. Am I getting it is wrong? Did I hit? Did I miss? Did I miss here? I probably did. It's fine. No, you're right. It's twenty two. Is what I meant to say. Yeah, I don't think she's sixteen, friend. But like, she's. You know, as young as they could go with that yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, also, I, I don't think that's, like, fucked gross hats, because I know plenty of, like, people uh, um, who really love Tally and were mm-hmm. into that. I don't know. Uh, but I think she's older than you think she is. Um, I'm going to skim this next one. Go for it. And I hope that you'll forgive me, Rex. Um um, so, Reg sent in a email about some of the stuff we talked about with the different species and says, I know how important this series was for pushing me into sci-fi as a means of exploring ideas about states, nationalities, and political economy, but I have very little sense of whether that stuff is dealt with on anything more than a superficial level. So is there anything salvageable in the characterization of species and cultures going on in Mass Effect, or is it really just as junk as I think it is in retrospect? Oh, it's definitely as junk as you think it is in retrospect. At least in Mass Effect yeah. 1. Like, they, they are not spending much time going over this uh, in 1 uh, because they want you to do the cool Reaper thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to get deeper in 2, but I know that there is a lot of interaction between different species in 2, much more than there is in um, 1. Yeah. Because uh, in 1, you mostly just kind of get, here's what I think about this other species um, from various party members and humans and what have you. Um, all of your human crew members are all everybody except for Dr. Chakwas, I'm just gonna blow out the airlock. Minute minute one. <laughs> Joker can stay. Um because he's vaguely inoffensive. Uh-huh. Mostly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it is as bad as you remember it. It is it is not good. Do you have anything to add to that? Not really. No. Do you want me to read the next email? Yeah. Um, we, again, we got a lot of these. We're going to skim some of them. You want to take this next one from Grace? Yeah. Um, so Grace writes in, uh, says, Mass Effect was the first game I played on my 360 junior high school. It was pretty formative in my taste at the times. I was a dumb teen, so I didn't pick up the very obvious authoritarian undertones, but did read the whole series as an exploration of Christian re- religious allegory. Shepard's name, Eden Prime being a place where you can gain forbidden knowledge, and the Reapers as an inevitable threat against all life, i.e. sin and or death. This stuff gets more explicit in 2 and 3, but I was curious about your thoughts. Did you think about this stuff at all? Does it work for you? I think the answer to the latter question is no, but I'm curious about your thoughts anyway um i did not think about that at all i did not talking to grace 
No. And, and she mentioned this, and I was like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, damn, true. I didn't think about that. Also, like you like you said, Shepard's name, Eden Prime. These all, I listen, uh, I let a lot of this kind of wash over me. <laughs> it was not something I thought very hard about. Um, and I think also um, part of that is because I'm also not a particularly religious person. Um, mm-hmm. And I... Um, like at all i've been to church maybe once and that i can Mm -hmm. remember like it is not really a part of my life um but that is that is quite i has to be intentional right has to be it has it's intentional i i think that it is probably just reaching for resonant words for sure like the target demographic of the game more than it is like trying to set up an allegory yeah although at the end of Mass Effect 3, they do refer to you as the Shepherd, which is like <laughs> That is true. They do do that. Um so that's the that's the first half of the email. Um otherwise Mass Effect is very interested in power. Who gets to wield it and who can claim responsibility for what happens afterward? The game is at its most compelling when it forces you to directly confront that. The conf- the conversation with Rex and the choice between Ashley and Caden are moments where the game shows power is terrible. The weight of other lives becomes incredibly difficult to bear. However, the game is also invested in making you the coolest space cop possible. The last time I played a game a few years ago now, I felt that the game was fundamentally split over empty empowerment and a surprisingly weighty uh, depiction of the cost of leadership were there any moments where the game's choices worked for you or made you feel that weight or did the cops uh games cop fantasy override any other considerations it may have been trying to make uh thank you grace by the way also note um i god i don't i think maybe if um the only one that bugs me is the one with rex because rex is so clearly right mm-hmm. um and you just can't agree with him uh, that that is the most overriding thought for me um, regarding the choices in this game. Um, and also, um, Ashley and Caden are both not characters in this game. <laughs> um, mm. Ashley's entire character is, I'm a racist. And Caden's character is, I'm very horny for you. Uh, if you're playing a woman anyway. And I'm a little bit sad, but not sad enough to be hot. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think generally that it works with picking who you want to sacrifice because um, I just don't think um, that it's interesting enough. Yeah. None of the characters, except for Rex, who's, who is the most right a person could be about this thing. From Vermeer on, I kept Rex in the party because I was like, "You deserve this." Yeah, I want. <laughs> I always keep him around because he's the only character in these games who has rights. Well, in Mass Effect One, there are other characters who have rights in the other games, but the six in this one, uh uh-uh. uh Tally might get next. Tally might get like a pass because she's young. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't really know better. But also, I don't know how old Ashley and uh Caden are off the top of my head so maybe they also are right now we could probably find out because if ashley if ashley is like early 20s or something like that i guess i could see why you would be that because like her grandfather is very explicitly um like fought in the contact war like the first contact war with the turians uh i can imagine why she would not trust an alien if her grandpa was feeding her nothing but racist bullshit she is Three years older than Tally. All right, maybe she is twenty-five. Maybe. <laughs> eh, that's old enough. I was not. I was at least aware of things by by age twenty-five. Maybe shoot her out the uh-huh. airlock, or maybe have a heart-to-heart with her. But she's not going to listen. So also, she's uh, dead. 
she is dead. I will just throw out as one last note that Shepard is 29 in Mass Effect 1. Oh, boy. Great. And, like, the um, human lifespan in this game is suggested to be, like, 150 or something. Right. Yeah. 150 max. Yeah. 150 max. Um, so, interesting. So, like, you're, you're one-fifth through your life at this point. So, that's, like, 20 now. How old do Asari get? Like, into the 11 or 1200s or something like that, right? Something like that. They're elves. Yeah, they're so. the elves. Um, and Liara is, like, 150 years old, and she talks about how she's basically a teenager. So, take that how you will. Uh, yeah. Don't look too closely at this stuff, because if you try to, like, do all the math and figure all the stuff out, it's not going to... It's not good. It's not going to make great. you feel better. Uh, do we want to jump to the next email? Yeah. Um, we got a couple questions from Tron. We haven't really talked much about, like, the dialogue wheel and, like, how the dialogue works. I think this was the... Was this the first, like, one of these yeah. RPGs with the dialogue wheel? It was, right? This is what started yeah, that. Yeah, this, this created the dialogue wheel. I mean, it's a good... Di- I like the dialogue wheel, all told. Yeah. Like the invention of we- like the invention of the wheel in video games <laughs> is, is sort of a harbinger of what people complained about over the last two decades as like the consolization of video games, which yeah. is like now you don't have the you know one through zero on your keyboard to select between your ten weapons. Now you hold down a button and you open a wheel and you like change weapons on the wheel or whatever. And like here you do the dialogue wheel instead of having. Again, those number buttons tied to dialogue choices, like the end of fucking Planescape, where you have 16 dialogue options oh at the end, God. or whatever. Um, and so, like, this idea of the wheel as the more approachable thing that, like, it gives you a greater number of options in a situation, or, like, allows you to do more things but while keeping the controls really simple is like really good it it works really well that's why it's still around yes i like honestly like the uh, simplization or consolization like you said of a lot of these systems i think is mostly probably just a entire positive yeah and uh it really pissed off a lot of gamers please get over yourselves please for the love of god like 2010 i feel like um, to the point that they were, the people were like saying that The Witcher Two was watered down, and I don't know that that's true. Don't think that's true at all. Not one bit. Um, I've played yeah, Big like, Witchy Two. Yeah. <laughs> if you could ride in the in the Mako, would you? Fuck yeah, I would. The Mako is <laughs> the Mako is delightful. <laughs> it's fun. Love a, I love a Mako. Uh, Tron asks about the soundtrack. Um, and I want to specifically ask, how do you like the, uh, credits, uh, the credits music, like the vocal song? What was the, oh, I don't know that I actually <laughs> listened to it. I don't think I've listened it's to it since the game came bad. out. It's probably um, bad. It's nowhere near as good as the credits theme from Infamous 1. In my head, in my head, when I uh-huh. think about uh, Mass Effect music, I just replace all of it with Halo music. Oh, that's pretty good. It's way better. If, if those games would be sick if they had the Halo soundtrack. The the vocal song at the end of Infamous is a song where the the main chorus is like, "There's a God in me," um, which actually, like, Infamous could be on this list for our podcast. We could play Infamous. Like that game. <sighs> we could play that. 
I've played it. I have a lot of fondness for Infamous 2. Um, I didn't get to play Infamous 2. I played Infamous 1. For free? Probably. I got it for free because of the big hack. I probably got it for free, but I just don't remember. It probably was what that's probably why I played it is because it came with my PlayStation 3 or something. Um, Mm -hmm. I at the time that game came out, I did not have a PlayStation 3 because it was still ridiculously expensive. Um, And so I bought Prototype instead and Mm -hmm. I played it Prototype. That's that's a fucking video game right there. Anyway, I yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know that I actually listen to the soundtrack when I play through this time (laughs) because (laughs) that's not really how I play games very often anymore, unless it's a new game. If it's a new game, I usually will turn off my soundtrack and stuff like that. But for when I'm playing something like this, um, especially when it is um, not work per se, but it is for a podcast, um, Mm -hmm. I am probably also listening to music or something like that from outside of the game um, just because that's the way I do these things. Which feels like a cop-out answer, but that is what happened. As far as I know, there's only one song in the Mass Effect uh, soundtrack, and it is the main theme that then gets turned into the suicide mission theme in Mass Effect 2. Uh, and that's a good that's a good piece of music, but like I, I couldn't tell you any of the others. No, God, I hope Mass Effect 2 is good. I hope it's cool. If I hope I, it's cool at least, because I remember it being cool, and I don't want that to go away. My, I tried to hum the main theme from Mass Effect, and it just turned into the League of Legends theme. <laughs> No, mine's just the Halo menu music. I can't bring it back. Mass Effect only has Halo music now. Sorry. I've improved the game, though, so enjoy that. Um, I was There's one in here that is what is your favorite looking scene or shot in this game that I want to talk about because I love the mm-hmm. shot where you see Sovereign coming out of the sky for the first time when you get the broadcast from Eden Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fucking cool. It's still cool. That one is still good. So, what this game needed... Yes. In maybe three moments. Yeah. Every cutscene is in engine in this yes. in this game. This desperately needed like three set piece pre rendered. Like really, yeah. 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 Like, Sovereign appearing it for the first time, the escape from Vermeer, and like the something end. at the end. Like yeah. yeah. Like, it really needed that. I am, and you know like, what, I'm with you. Yes, absolutely, it did. That being said, I don't I don't know if there's any shot that I really liked that much. I kind of liked Sovereign on the Spire in the Citadel. When it again, lands? Like, yeah, that, that could have been cool. way better if it was not, like, it didn't have, like, a terrible frame rate. Because the PS3 version of this game ain't great. No, probably not. I have not. Uh, dealt with it. Uh, Autumn did watch the ending scene um, where Shepard is like, like the immediately post. They were distraught. Battle. Uh, yes, because like this, the cinematography was just terrible, and like the shot didn't zoom out enough for Rex to be in the shot because they didn't account for all the different characters that could be there. Yeah, um, and it was just they had a whole tirade about. Um, the shot composition there because like they used to do like they used to be really into formalist uh, film critique and okay. uh, whenever that crops up it's always interesting to hear because it's not not at all the style of criticism that I'm good at um, yeah but yeah uh, the spire the like sovereign landing part is probably my go to there uh, the next one is from Luke, who asks kind of something that we talked about in our first episode, which is about, like, 
the ability for games like this to have actual uh, stances or actual choices that that feel weighty, and whether like the format of this game like inherently restricts its ability to have like a really in-depth narrative and um i think it i think it is i think it, that is what is happening yeah of, like a lot of people in the room and the game not being able to go deep but wide right and like more content means more money and more money means more people controlling what it is and more risk as a product which means that like they have to be held to the whims of the people who call the shots at the company who like want to maximize profit so they're aiming at specific demographics and like it's a whole it's a whole mess um i think that it is really but then you get the other side of that which is like if a very small studio wanted to make a game like this they wouldn't have the resources to do a big branching thing i'm very Um, excited for us to play disco elysium (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to to play that. Yeah, um, that seems to like split that difference pretty well. It from does. What I understand. Yeah, um, and it, like we said before, like you do have to come in with like an ideology to make that this style of game feel meaningful. Yeah, you can't. You, you you have to like start from a basis and then ask questions. You don't. You can't just zoom out the way that this game zooms out with its morality you can't come into this game like writing these games with a blank slate like you you obviously feel a way about something and that's going to seep into it um and the like mainstream culture uh seeps into this game very clearly like it's it's very obvious what that is uh, in the game yeah and it's hard because you know like the more writers you have the more likely that viewpoint is going to be included in the game um because you know just just out of a um saturation level um and it's it's gonna push things that way and we we definitely talked about that ep1 where like outer worlds is framed as this anti-capitalist video game like hates capitalism but actually no it doesn't (laughs) yeah exactly like it's it, it definitely does more than most games in terms of saying like maybe this isn't good but then also it says no no but the causes are very good but the thing about that is that, like, oh, it's satire, but what that actually means is, like, we made some jokes about how, isn't it rough to live under capitalism? Ha-ha. Waka waka. Whoa, can't do anything about it, though. Wah wah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Which is, like, also what I feel like, I, was, I just had this conversation with Autumn recently. I think that this will come up again in Dishonored a little bit. Okay, yeah. Not, not for capitalism, but for empire. Sure. And what it is to make something that is trying to be nuanced about empire, but without fully committing to an ideology about it. Sure. Um, so we will definitely be talking about this again. Like, a lot of these games, like, pose themselves as, like, oh, we're asking questions about, like the way things are and it's like you're not really you're kind of pointing out a few things but not saying anything about it like right. you like you you i guess you are asking questions but you're not willing to answer them because the answers are not something you're going to like um do we let's see um from william helms 
love the show. Excited to listen to your Mass Effect discussions. Going da, 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 da. Played rough, even at the time, to say nothing of the game's actual content. Anyway, here's my question. If you had to leave a message for a hypothetical future future civilization, what rapidly flashing series of images would you use to convey the message, and what would you warn them about? Thanks. Uh, okay. So, so yes. some images that would be included would be uh, a gif of George Bush dodging the shoe. <laughs> um i wanna um, let's 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 alternate here this is yeah alternate um mine is so one of them i think we should put in there is um uncle scrooge diving into the money uh-huh. from ducktales i think that should be included uh-huh. so my next one is the is the panel loss from control delete <laughs> <laughs> just one panel or the entire comic oh yeah it's it's one comic. Yeah, it's, it's got just it, the whole It's comic. just four panels. You can fit the whole thing in one vision, no problem. Um one thing I will not do is include um flesh machinery in in the vision cuz that okay. really didn't get anything across. Um I'm trying to think what else should, should what else would I put in there? I'm still thinking about George Bush dodging the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so really funny. Um one random uh prosy divine yeah oh uh the vine specifically yeah let's let's do the the sand guardian vine (laughs) put that in there yes yes we'll put that one in there too um yeah and then um maybe some footage of the titanic sinking over all of it i want the audio of um someone reading that tweet that is like after 10 years we're, we fuck like we're cheating on each other with each other. <laughs> her, her, her taint brown area still pones, pones my, my dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> I want just a like, like a like a Microsoft Sam voice reading that over <laughs> this flashing images of carnage and <laughs> web comics and vines. Oh man, that's good stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, good. Um, from Wadaba. Let me go through because it's a longer email. I want to see if there's something we should just get to the points on. Um, I want to ask whether you two played it when you were younger as well. If so, what characters were your favorites then and which any are your favorites now? Um, for me, I liked Liara at the time, but when I played it a few years ago, I was struck by how much of her dialogue expanding how Asari actually fuck, <laughs> which made her seem weird and boring. Rex, I think, is the character that held up the best for me. Like every other member of the crew, he's mostly there to deliver exposition about his species, but I remember them doing a better job at making him a distinct person, and stuff like Vermeer scene feels very well earned. Um, yeah, I actually think that's literally uh, my two, but I still love Liara. Like, as much as she does, like, go into Asari culture and, like, because here's the problem, is that they built the Asari culture and they did not think past they have titties and fuck and they can fuck anybody. Mm-hmm. That, they can fuck anybody. Yes, but she is still a cute like, scientist dork and I'm a, I'm a sucker for that so um, she's, she's good. I still like her a lot. Um, Caden actually used to be like my most hated character because I thought he was just really fucking boring. <laughs> and also because I did just I just didn't talk to Ashley because I didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, the other uh, problem with Caden is that if you talk to him at all and then you talk to Liara, she's like, are you two fucking? <laughs> it's like, no, I would never. Um, I only played two before this. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Miranda. I, Yeah. Over the years, I realized that there was this, like, 
not discourse even, just like this pervasive feeling that nobody likes Miranda. It's because it was woke to not like Miranda. (laughs) It was woke to not like the hot lady with the genetically perfected ass. She's got a genetically perfect ass and titties that her dad made sure she has, you fucking weirdo. Uh, but once you understand the context of her ass and titties, you will regret your words. And Absolutely. Um, but she has trauma, my, okay? My distinct memory of Mass Effect 2 is that there was an altercation between Miranda and Jack. And because Jack was right, I said that she was right. And then that meant that Miranda was, like, mad at me. And I didn't have enough Paragon points to, like, move past that. To undo in it. The, in the relationship. So, like, the, the romance subplot just stalled. That sucks. That that's a that's a poorly designed yeah. uh, thing. Um so that was a bummer, but I remember really liking Miranda. Uh even if she does work for the Space Nazis. She does work for the Space Nazis, that is true. Mass Effect 2 is going to be tough. Yeah, we'll get through it. It's it's we'll get through it, but it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough tough stuff. Bioware taking direct control of your console and saying, this hurts you, Molly. This hurts you. (laughs) Why does he say that so much? I don't know. Because he's really angry that you killed his boyfriend. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. Crystal says, uh, one of my favorite aspects of big games of the journal updated genre, that is true that the genre is named after us, um, is it... They have so many different writers in so many different corners, sometimes little details contradict each other. For example, sometimes everyone is speaking Galactic Basic, and sometimes everyone just has translator implants. Sometimes sorry, have no concept of gender, and sometimes they're all female. Sometimes Earth is a utopia, sometimes it's a giant slum. What are some of your favorite small inconsistencies in Mass Effect? That's a good I question. I don't know that I noticed these. I don't know that um, I did either, but I... I think I actually, now that something has been said about it, I do remember especially the one about everyone speaking Galactic Basic and translator implants. Uh-huh. Um, because I also was like, man, it would suck to have a translator implant because then you could never like truly learn another language. Or it would be mm-hmm. very difficult to like really do that, I feel like. Which is a bummer. And I think the Mass Effect 2 will get more into the Asari stuff. Um because I think there's like Butch Asari in Mass Effect 2. Oh. I if I I might just be remembering completely incorrectly, but I think that is the case. I feel like the Asari from Andromeda is Butch coded. Probably. I again I I don't know much about Andromeda at this point. That, I'm going to try to keep it that way. That character is Tracer Overwatch coded. Oh, I see. Okay. This is a secret lesbian until we say it. <laughs> no. Fucking. We don't have it. I don't have it in me to do Blizzard and Bioware in the same podcast. We can't do it. We will not. We simply cannot. Um. Yeah. I don't know that. I also wasn't looking for inconsistencies in Mass Effect. I have not. Mm-hmm. Like, I also don't talk to people a lot about it, so it wasn't really pointed out right. to me. Probably in the same way as if I had, for instance, been on a forum talking about it very much. For sure. Um, yeah, I also didn't notice, uh, like, I didn't go through the codex or anything. Yeah. But I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out just to see what the deal is. Um, yeah. This Wikipedia, or like this Mass Effect Wiki article does say that Volus used biotics, which makes, which yes. means that I don't remember what that Volus biotic god thing is actually about. Because he's on, he's on drugs. 
But if they can always do biotics, it's not special that he does biotics. No, it's very funny because he's high. And also, okay. like, it was a biotic-enhancing drug, is the thing. Okay. I just have barely remember that. But yes. We'll get to it in two months. And then they added it to Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, um, because it's a very funny joke. Here's Here he is. Mm. You can play as him now. Our last email comes in, again from Ashley, uh, who says, My name is Ashley. And I share the name of one of the many bad characters from Mass Effect. What bad character shares your name? There's never been a bad Nora. <laughs> I can't think of one, so... what's the, There's got to be some bad Mollies out there. There's uh, got to be. But I... Uh, can't think of any. Molly from Harry Potter. Oh, no, she's great. She conjures sauce from her wand. She does do that. She does do wand sauce. Everyone loves Molly's wand sauce. Everybody loves it. Arthur goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is barking now. Uh-oh. Whoa. Which means that it's time to bring our unexpectedly lengthy podcast yeah. to a close. You, did you not think it would be this long? I thought we would... I guess this is... What I, expect. I, I feel didn't expect like full two hours. Yeah, I expected this. I, I was ready for this. Um, yeah. We should talk about our new game plan because since our oh, last episode, yes. we completely overhauled what we're about to do uh, in the next few episodes because we wanted to do Mass Effect for our year one project, but what uh, we ended up deciding was to make that calendar year, which means that um, for the next... Uh, seven, six months. Math. Um, we're going to be doing all of our long months are going to be Mass Effect games, which means that our December first episode will be Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, this means that we are temporarily dropping uh, Walking Dead from the schedule, and we're going to play Dishonored next month as a short game because it is. We decided it was like small enough to count. And also, um, I don't think there's going to be a lot to talk about with those choices. Um, we'll sure. see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, also, it I, means it gets played know. Dishonored now. So, um, yeah, we excited. get to play Dishonored. Yeah, which is exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, our currently, our schedule is that next month is Dishonored. Month after that is Mass Effect Two. Um, I have some things that I want to toss out to like suggest for episodes soon, but uh, okay, for now. Uh, we'll leave it at two. Yeah, those are the ones. Those are the ones that are immediately relevant. Yeah. So, just keep in mind that even numbered months for the rest of 2020 will be Mass Effect games. Yep. And uh, yeah, which means that our New Year's, like January 1st episode, will be like a new, new era for journal updated. Journal updated. We'll have Mass Effect two. behind us, and we will, you know, we will have gone through a huge journey. Uh. So thank you all for sticking with us as we dive into Mass Effect and yeah. continue to dive into Mass Effect for a while. Um, also, um, allegedly, there's a new Dragon Age game in development. <laughs> also, allegedly, they're releasing Mass Effect Remastered. <laughs> Which fucking blows chunks because... Um, if I get halfway through Mass Effect 2 and they're like, oh, here it is on PS4, it's like... Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, at least you'll be able to play three there, I guess. 
I mean, I'm not stopping now. I've committed to PS3 for all three games. That's fair. Um, oh, right, because save files. Right, I forgot about yeah, that part. because save files. Um, yeah, if they... Listen, Bioware, I know you listen to our podcast. Um, first of all, thank you for listening. But secondly, um, if you do not include the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer in that remaster release, I, I will come down there. I will drive up to Montreal or wherever the fuck you guys are, and I will have a, a stern word with everybody involved. Look. Look, there's only like three cities in Canada, so like you're pretty. I probably got pretty it. Pretty good odds. I probably got. I, I know that Montreal was Ubisoft. Yeah, I know they're Ubisoft. I'm probably got it wrong in that case. Um, Bioware, tell me first of all, turn on your location. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I will be coming to you after you do so. <laughs> I just want to talk. Molly Vanguard charges. Vanguard charges. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for them to make Vanguard good. That's what I'm excited about. Um. Anyway, that's that's all I have to if, say about Mass Effect. If you and both of your squad mates are vanguards, is that a vanguard party? Yes. It is. Okay. Asked and answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want to do some quick plugs before we go? Uh. Yeah. You can. You can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly with the Y E R. You can find me at audioentropy.com. You can find me at patreon.com. Um, you can find me at your friend Molly with the Y E R uh, on Twitter. You can find me at audioentropy.com, idmayo.com, um, and on Eidolon Playtest uh, because my friend Luke and I wrote a tabletop RPG game that we are playtesting. Um, that is at Eidolon Playtest on Twitter, and it is also patreon.com slash Eidolon Playtest, and you can look at our game and play it and buy it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nora, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora, and you can find. Everything that I do at NoraBlake.online. New podcasts coming out from uh, Export Audio, which is the podcast network that I co-run. We have just started releasing episodes of We Are the Champions, which is a League of Legends lore podcast. One which is uh, me and Olivia roll a random champion, uh, and then we learn what their whole deal is, and we goof on it, and we do a BuzzFeed personality quiz for each character. Our most recent one was finding out which uh, Disney Channel sitcom dad uh, is Draven, the Glorious Executioner. Uh, it's a great podcast, very fun. You should definitely listen to that. It's very good. No, actually, their most recent one was um, which Sharpay Evans song from High School Musical is Rise best describes the personality of Rise from League of Legends. But yes. regardless, it's a great podcast. That one's not out I yet. I also got that episode's not out yet, uh, but it will be soon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you can find all that stuff at uh, I don't know what the actual website is, but you can find it through patreon.com slash export audio or export odd.io yeah uh and this is a podcast on the abnormal mapping network which is a great podcast network uh so thank you to them for hosting yeah thanks for hosting us you should pay them uh you should should subscribe to their patreon also yeah patreon.com slash abnormal mapping i assume is the url it's my guess i'm not gonna look to find out abnormalmapping.com uh, <laughs> will also get you there. They do a bunch of great stuff, so if you if you listen to this and don't listen to that, I don't know who you are, but you should definitely uh, head over there as well. Yeah. And that's going to close us out this time. Yeah. 
that's it. You want to you want to give him the closer? Um, uh, I updated my journal. Consider this journal updated. Is that our sign off? That's our sign off. Oh, I I fucked up. <laughs> updated my journal.